Greetings, everyone, and thank you for joining Church on the Real Real. That's R-E-E-L, as in the multi-platform broadcast. R-E-A-L, as in having a genuine conversation or true dialogue about faith-based issues. I'm your host, Donna Means. Weapon proficiency is required for soldiers. Regardless of the soldier's proficiency, weapons can still be unreliable and rendered useless. For example, duds are weapons that do not explode upon impact, making them ineffective. Production flaws or inappropriate storage and handling could cause this to occur. Various types of rifles are subject to jamming, making them unreliable in combat. This might happen due to mechanical problems for maintenance and the use of low-quality ammunition. Some types of long-range missiles or artillery are considered inaccurate when they fail to reach their intended objective. Their failure could be due to several circumstances such as inadequate design, lack of precision guidance, or bad weather. Weapons that are built using improvised material or methods can be unstable and unpredictable. They may also be hazardous to the user or anyone nearby. Weapons that have become obsolete or are no longer in use by modern armed forces may be ineffective in modern combat conditions. This might be due to technological breakthroughs and changes in tactics and plans. The dependability and efficiency of a weapon are determined by a variety of factors, including design, manufacturing quality, maintenance, and the environment in which it is used. Fortunately, the weapons Christians use in the spiritual combat are not weapons of the world. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3-6 through 6 reads, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete. In this passage, Paul is using military language to describe the spiritual battle that believers face in their daily lives. If we are to withstand the spiritual battle that surrounds us, God must be our commander-in-chief, and we must surrender our thoughts to his authority. Spirit-empowered believers must capture every thought and yield to Christ. When exposed to ideas or opportunities that might lead to wrong desires or harmful beliefs, we have a choice. We can recognize the danger and turn away, or we can allow unhealthy thoughts to take us captive. We capture our fantasies and desires when we honestly admit them to the Lord and ask him to redirect our thinking. We should ask God to give us discernment to keep our thoughts focused on his truth. Today, we will look at two tremendous weapons God has given us for victory, prayer and the sword of the spirit. Paul recognizes that the weapons we use to fight this battle are not physical weapons like swords or guns, but spiritual weapons. Unlike the other armor elements mentioned by Paul, the sword is primarily an attacking weapon. Defense weapons provide defense against opponents. Offensive weapons are intended to beat the opponent. We are only human, but we do not need to utilize human strategies or tactics to win fights. We can employ God's tremendous weapons to counteract Satan's strongholds. Christians must decide whether to employ God's tactics or those of the world. Money, Power, prestige, popularity, and tyranny are all weapons in the world. Paul reminds us of God's greatest weapon. 
Hence, the impact of prayer, faith, hope, love, God's word, and the Holy Spirit are more powerful and effective. The spiritual weapons that believers are using are empowered by God and are designed to demolish the strongholds of false teachings and ideologies that can hinder the spread of the gospel. These weapons can shadow the arrogant arguments that people use to rebel against God and crush the walls of deception that Satan constructs to block people from finding God. When confronted with people's pride and disobedience against Christ, we may be tempted to strike back with our own views. But Nothing can tear through these boundaries like God's tremendous weapons. We know we can be strong in the Lord because we belong to him. Ephesians chapter 6 verses 17 through 20. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, Words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chain. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. The sword of the spirit is a metaphor for the word of God, which serves as a powerful weapon against the attacks of the devil. This weapon helps Christians to discern the truth, resist temptation, and defend themselves against spiritual attacks. By using the Word of God, Christians can cut through deception and remind themselves of the truth to resist sin. In Matthew chapter 4, Jesus uses God's truth to ward off the wicked one like an accomplished swordsman. In verses 18 and 19, Paul encourages Christians to keep a prayerful mindset with the aim of seeking God's direction and protection. Additionally, Paul offers a warfare prayer strategy. He instructs us on how to pray in the Spirit. He advises us when to pray on all occasions. This aligns with 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 17, which directs us to pray continually. Paul identifies that we should be using many types of prayers and requests. The Bible provides guidance on different types of prayers used for spiritual warfare, such as the prayer of faith, repentance, praise and worship, intercession, binding and loosing, declaration, thanksgiving, the word, the blood, the name of Jesus, unity, and fasting. Each type of prayer has its own direct purpose and is used to acknowledge the power of God and diminish the power of the enemy. Paul instructs us on how to maintain a vigilant mindset. He informs us for whom we should be praying, for all the Lord's people and in verse 9, for himself. Paul represents a spiritual leader and a proselytizer of the word. In verse 19, Paul also explains why we should pray for those who preach. Word may be given me so that I may confidently make known the mysteries of the gospel. The exact meaning of the term pray in the spirit in verse 18 is open for debate among Christians. Some Christians take pray in the spirit to mean praying in tongues, a spiritual gift stated in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 2, which is said to be a language given by the Holy Spirit that the speaker or listener cannot comprehend without interpretation. This interpretation implies that praying in the spirit entails talking with God using language. 
languages. Other Christians interpret pray in the Spirit to mean praying under the guidance and inspiration of the Holy Spirit without necessarily speaking in tongues. This interpretation suggests that praying in the Spirit involves being sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit and allowing Him to direct one's prayers. Nevertheless, prayer is a powerful weapon. Wartime prayer should consist of us asking for God's protection, guidance, and provision as seen through Paul's request to be able to proclaim the gospel boldly and clearly despite his imprisonment. Prayer is a strategic weapon in our warfare. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. This passage emphasizes the power and efficiency of God's word. The word of God is more than just a collection of God's words. It is a vehicle for communicating his concepts. It possesses vital, life-changing, and dynamic power that operates inside us. When scripture states that God's word is sharper than a two-edged sword, it suggests that it can cut through our defenses, cutting through our excuses, explanations, and rationalizations. God's word reveals who we are and who we are not with the precision of a surgeon's knife. The phrase dividing soul and spirit refers to the word of God, ability to discern between our spiritual nature, the spirit, and our nature, human nature, the soul. The spirit refers to the part of us that is in communion with God, whereas the soul refers to our minds, emotions, and will. The verse says that the word of God can judge the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. This means that it can expose the hidden motives and intentions behind our actions. It can reveal to us the areas of our lives that need to be transformed and refined so that we can become more like Christ. It sees both good and the bad in us. It has the potential to disclose the truth about us, our motives, and our behaviors. The tremendous Word of God will transform us. We must not only listen to it, but we must also let it transform our lives. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, the Philistines were a group of people who were enemies of the Israelites. They were a powerful nation with a strong military, and they often raided and plundered the land of Israel. The story of David and Goliath is set against the backdrop of this ongoing conflict. Goliath was a giant Philistine warrior who challenged the Israelites to send out a champion to fight him in single combat. David, who was a young shepherd boy at the time, volunteered to fight Goliath and was ultimately able to defeat him with a well-placed stone from his sling. When Goliath taunted the Israelite army, David did not rely on his own strength or weapons, but rather he placed his trust in God. He declared, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 45. David's reliance on God and his unwavering faith allowed him to overcome the spiritual attacks, fear, and intimidation that Goliath had brought upon the Israelites. David knew that he could not defeat Goliath with his own strength or his own sword, but he believed that God would give him the victory. In addition to relying on God's strength, David also used the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. When he approached Goliath, he said, This 
the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. First Samuel chapter 17, verse 46. David's words were rooted in the promise of God and his knowledge of God's character and power. David's victory over Goliath demonstrated the power of prayer and the sword of the spirit in overcoming spiritual attacks. When we face difficult circumstances or challenges, we can turn to God in prayer and rely on his strength to help us overcome. We can also use the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, to speak truth and promises over our situation and to combat the lies and deception of the enemy. Elijah was a prominent prophet in the Old Testament of the Bible. He lived in Israel during the 9th century BCE and is known for his unwavering faith in God and his ability to perform miracles. Elijah's story is told in the book of Kings. He was called by God to be a prophet and was sent to warn King Ahab of Israel that the worship of false gods was leading the nation astray. Elijah was a bold and fearless messenger, and he didn't hold back in his criticism of the king and queen for their idol worship. Despite his faith and success as a prophet, Elijah faced spiritual attacks from the forces of evil. In 1 Kings chapter 19, after the confrontation on Mount Carmel, Queen Jezebel threatened Elijah's life, causing him to flee into the wilderness. There he fell into despair and begged God to take his life. But God sent an angel to provide him with food and drink and to encourage him to continue his work. Elijah also faced physical and emotional exhaustion as he carried out his prophetic duties. In 1 Kings chapter 19 verses 5 through 8, Elijah fell asleep under a tree and was awakened by an angel who had brought him food and drink. The angel instructed him to eat and drink, which he did and then he slept again. This cycle repeated for 40 days and 40 nights, and Elijah was able to regain his strength and continue his work. Elijah's story is a powerful reminder that even the most faithful servants of God can face spiritual attacks in moments of despair. But with God's help, they can overcome these challenges and continue to do his work. Elijah's unwavering faith and his willingness to follow God's call serve as an inspiration to believers today. 1 Kings chapter 18 is a great illustration of the power of prayer and the authority that believers have in Christ. At the beginning of the chapter, we see that Israel is suffering from a severe drought and famine because of their disobedience to God. Elijah, who was a faithful prophet of God, had been living in hiding during this time. But God spoke to him and instructed him to go and meet Ahab, the king of Israel. When Elijah met Ahab, he challenged him to gather all the people of Israel, along with the prophets of Baal and Asherah to Mount Cameron. This would become one of Elijah's most famous moments. Elijah challenged the prophets to see whose God was truly powerful. He built an altar, placed a sacrifice on it, and called on God to send down fire from heaven to consume it. When the prophets of Baal failed to get their God to answer their prayers, Elijah prayed to God, and fire came down and consumed the sacrifice, proving that God was the true deity. The spiritual attacks in this story were primarily 
from the prophets of Baal, who were trying to deceive the people of Israel and lead them away from the true God. Elijah's prayers were essential in overcoming these attacks as they demonstrated the power and authority of God. Through his prayers, Elijah showed that God of Israel was sovereign over all other gods and that he was able to deliver his people from any enemy. The weapons we fight with are not subject to failure. Our ability to wield our weapons requires our faith and daily life of prayer along with Bible study. We must never forget that it is not our strength, but through God's strength and power, we can overcome every spiritual attack. Thank you for joining the conversation today. I encourage all of you to like, follow, share, and subscribe to all of the Church on the Real Real social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. The handle is Church on the Real Real. And now on Twitter, it is Church on the Real, R-E-E-L. The email address is Donna at Church on the Real Real.com and the website www.churchonarealreal.com. May the Lord be with you until we meet again. Peace.